This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. They were robbed us, okay? Now that God didn't think they needed to hear it, Jonah decided they didn't need to hear it because they were naughty. Okay, they lived in a town called Nineveh. If you want some more info on Nineveh, we're not told in Jonah. Jonah just says, they're horrible, I'm not going, right? But if you go to Nahum, the prophet Nahum, you get a detailed analysis about just how naughty they actually were. Now, they were naughty in the sense that they weren't godly. Right, that, that's the only difference. We can cast our eye upon this now in a 21st century Christian God-loving way. And the only difference between us and Nineveh is they didn't know God. Right? The only beef Jonah had with Nineveh was they didn't know God, so they didn't behave in a way that glorified God. Mm -hmm. And for that reason alone, Jonah decided they shouldn't hear the message of God. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. When we decide what the call of God is to God himself, we are not just forsaking the calling God has put on our life, we are acting in outright disobedience. Mm -hmm. Sorry if this is a bit challenging this morning. I wish I had some fish. But you have to just look at, you know, right? So this is what it is. So today's message is all about your mission and commission in Christ to the glory of God the Father. Amen? And that is Matthew 28, isn't it? Where Jesus, before he ascends to heaven, tells us to go into the world and do what? Preach the gospel and do what? Make disciples of who? All men. That is the call upon your life. As a Christian, that is your mission, to preach the gospel to all men. And not just preach it, but to make disciples of all men, to the glory of God the Father, through Jesus Christ Almighty. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, the way we do that is by preaching the gospel to all men. (laughs) Right. Really simple. Really, really simple. And on occasions like this, I do ascribe to the words of St. Francis of Assisi, whereupon it is absolutely possible, and I would say essential, that we preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. words. Yes? Our lives are poured out in submission and obedience and availability to the Most High God to preach his gospel and his gospel alone to a needy world who may act in a way that we find absolutely, completely offensive based on our own feelings and sometimes trivial pettiness. Nevertheless, when we do that, we are fulfilling the mission God has placed on our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because there is no other law now other than love. That is the law by which we live our lives. And you will love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you will love your neighbour as who? As you love yourself. Amen? Are you ready? Yay! Right, so this message is all about the miracles of God. We're going to just go through the whole book of Jonah. Have you brought a packed lunch? Because, you know, we're doing all of it. So we have got... Four chapters, and in those four chapters, there are four miracles, believe it or not. So today's message is all about how we live our lives without due recognition or even acknowledgement of the miraculous nature of God in our lives. Yes? And I just want this to sort of sink into our hearts alongside what our calling is in God and what our mission is. And our choice is whether we fulfill his calling or we forsake his calling based on our recognition and acknowledgement of God in our own lives. 
Amen? So exciting. So excited. Are you ready yeah. to be stunned by a miraculous God? Yeah. Because that's what he is. Yeah. Now, listen to me. There may not be occasion where you stand before the sea on Kenshi Dan Beach, raise aloft your staff, or your scarf, as my grand used to say. Moses raised his scarf because he cheered an English people saying it, and it was a staff. And she was from Llanelli, and she went, he raised his scarf. No, he didn't, grab. he raised his staff. Okay, so Moses raised his staff and split the sea in two. Now, I really hope some of you are gifted with miracles and can do that. But in the day-to-day, we very rarely see that, do we not? We do not. We do not. We very rarely go to our fridge with a jug of wine, pray over it, and lo, it becomes water. Yeah. Or the other way around. <laughs> Just do we? We don't do that. I very rarely go into my cupboard, find that my olive oil has run dry, find every receptacle in my kitchen cupboard, pray over it, and lo, every jug is filled with olive oil. You know, these things do not happen in our lives today. Yeah. But is God miraculous? Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely is a God of miracles. And we overlook our miracles, church. We ignore our miracles because they aren't the miracles we want, but we get the miracles we need. So in chapter one, in verse one, here's your very first miracle from God. Shall I read it for you? I shall. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. That's what it is. Your first miracle is that God speaks. The very first miracle, daily, minute by minute, hour by hour, in our lives, The miraculous God, the most almighty God, who threw the stars into space, who measures out the seas in the palms of his hands, deigns to speak to us. That, my friends, is a miracle. And that is a miracle in our lives. And our question today that we need to answer is, are we listening? Because he doesn't stop talking. Trust me. When you turn your ear to God, he doesn't stop talking, does he? Not at all, because do you know why? Because he loves us. And when you love someone, you speak to them. And when you love someone, you tell them stuff. And when you love someone, you ask them to do stuff. And all God will ever speak of to us is of his sovereignty. Do you understand what I mean by that? So yes, he loves us. Yes, he thinks we're marvelous. We are the apple of his eye, the pinnacle of his creation. But when God speaks to us, he says, I am God. You will have no other God but me. Do you understand? So we limit God and minimize God to a place where he's just something we chit-chat with when we want something done or something we need or to feel a bit better. All of that is fine, by the way. Right? And there's no condemnation here this morning. All of that is fine, by the way. When I need to kick off a God, I rail at him. He's big enough to take it. As long as I stay within the respect and fear of the Lord. Do you understand? Where I need questions answered in my heart because I don't understand what's going on. God is okay with that. Demanding that God shows up for me to satisfy my petty, trivial needs and wants, he's less okay with. But he doesn't stop loving me. Do you understand? So Jonah here is told to what? To go. Because when God speaks, he speaks of his sovereignty. So he will say, I am God and I am telling you this. 
but he also speaks in specifics. Ready? So he will say, forgive. There's no, there's no grey. You know, if you ever think, was that God speaking? If it was telling you something that isn't in the Bible, or something that is so diametrically opposed to his character, chances are it wasn't God. Because God will always speak in specifics of his sovereignty. So he will tell you to forgive. He will tell you to love. He will tell you, it is in his place to go. Yes? Yeah. Do you understand? So why not sometimes we mistake what God is saying to us because actually it doesn't fit our own agenda. Now that is exactly what happened to Jonah. Jonah didn't believe that the Ninevites deserved God. We do not have that luxury, <laughs> friends. For God died for all. The heart of God is that none would perish. We do not get to make the choice who we extend love to and who we don't extend love to. And when God specifically says to us, I'm going to need to be you to be more loving, he isn't saying to some people. He's saying, I'm going to need you to be more loving to all people. Get it? Yeah. So when he says, Andrew, you need to forgive, it's not just the people you like. It's you need to forgive everyone. Do you understand? Because it's not about my needs, wants, likes, dislikes. It's about his sovereignty. So when he speaks in specifics to us, miraculously, friends, the response of our hearts is one of obedience and availability to do his will for what? His glory alone. Yes? Because his desire is that all nations... Now we know, we know, Philippians says, the time is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. To the glory of God the Father. How will they know that? When we tell them. When we show them. So the call, the mission on our lives is to do that. And the fact that God speaks to us to do it, that is a miracle. Amen? Amen. See, John is marvelous, isn't it? So what happens is he says, I'm not going. And God says, Fair enough. But he doesn't say that. He goes, no, 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 no. So he gets on a boat to run away. Because nothing says, I'm listening to God, than doing the exact opposite. Does it? But how often do we dress that up as actually doing what God told us to do? Do you, do you uh, Let's be, you know what, we've heard so many prayers and words and amazing worship. Let's be real with each other. Very often, I don't want to do what God tells me to do, so I pretend to be a bit busy. As if God knows. You know? As if God's going, oh, I understand, Andrew, yeah, you've got a, got a busy day today, so don't do what I said. So maybe do it after. No, and God's going, no. We run away. We distract ourselves. We create situations where we don't have to do because, oh, time got away from me. So I didn't phone that person. I didn't pray about that person. I didn't do what you asked me to do because actually I was doing other things for you, Lord. And God goes, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were doing it for you. So this huge storm blows up on the boat. I'll pray say this for you. We're not talking about this, but this is a fun story. So a huge storm blows up on the boat. The sailors are like, oh, oh, one of us, one of us must have done something wrong to cause this storm. And they're like, let's, let's draw lots. And I know, like, I've chosen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when it's him. So anyway, they find out it's him. And he says, look, the only way this is going to get sorted, lads, is you're going to have to throw me overboard. And do you know what the people on the boat did? They said no. And they tried in the storm to row for shore. 
sometimes when we have a dereliction of duty and don't do what we're meant to do, it makes more work for others where more, no more work was needed. Right? Yeah. Our lack of obedience makes more work for innocent people when no more work was needed. They had nothing to do with the storm. It was entirely Jonah's disobedience that put them in a life-risking situation. And they tried to save him because he disobeyed God. Isn't that amazing? So in the end, he goes, you've got to throw me overboard. And they are devastated. As you would be. You know, isn't it? How do we stop this storm? Kill me. No! No! You know, anyway, they do. And the storm quietens down. And isn't it amazing? Because God is good. Now, I know what you're thinking. No, Andrew, God is not good. Jonah's in the water. There's a storm. It's all going a bit wrong. But this leads us to miracle two, friends. In chapter two. Because look at this. Because we all know what happens, don't we? The only bit people know about this story. <sighs> Which is the least interesting bit of the story, I beg upon you. Jonah gets swallowed by a huge fish. Not a whale. A huge fish. Let's be correct. So, he's in the belly of the beast right now. And this is what... So here's your second miracle, yes? Chapter 2, verse 2. Here we go. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Your second miracle in your everyday life? God answers. God answers. When you need him, when you call to him, when you want him, when you desire him, when you are beseeching him, when you are pouring out your troubles in the depth of your despair, God listens and he answers. Amen to that. And we might never part the Red Seas. And we might never see a pillar of cloud leading us as the Israelites follow us to, to the promised land. But the miracle in our lives is that God will answer you when you speak to him. Hallelujah! Amen! Now, I have never been trapped in the beast of a great fish for three days and three nights. So I'm uncertain as to how that would feel. But I'm, I'm you know, quite confident... It was stressful for Jonah within there. But he used that time, and all of this echoes Jesus, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Because the book of Jonah is all about salvation. All about salvation. So Jonah was buried for three days, just like our saviour. And then he gets released. But you know what? Within his despair, while he is trapped within the darkness, he prays thanksgiving and deliverance to the Most High God. You see, our miracles very often look like our suffering. I don't know why people suffer. I don't know. I don't know. And I wish I had answers for you on that. But if I tried to say anything now, it would be trite and throwaway and pointless and unfair for me to try and explain why my suffering happens. All I know is this. God is love. So even in the depths of my suffering and despair, he loves me, he is for me, and he never, ever, ever leaves me. Amen? Amen. So when you are in it, it might not look like a miracle, but we need to hold on to the fact that there, right there in that moment where we are calling out to God in our despair, he is listening and answering, and that is our miracle. Yes? You know, lots of us get trapped in our anxiety and stress. 
We call it in the business, we call in, in terms of anxiety management, we call it an actualizing event. The book of Job says it thus, the thing I have feared has come upon me. We get trapped in those moments where the thing we wanted to happen least has happened and we can't see a way out of it. Some of you might have seen on Facebook my son, who's gone to university, pray for my son in university, actually witnessed somebody trying to take their own life yesterday for a start. Okay? So he phoned me straight away. He's fine, by the way, and the person didn't kill themselves. There were police there, and this person is safe. He's in a place of safety. But Joe phoned me up and he said, I don't know what to do. He said, I'm all shaken up. I can't get it out of my head. I don't want to walk past the NCP anymore, and I don't want to look at it anymore. And I had to say to him, I've done this for years with him, but listen, this is tips of mindfulness. And mindfulness is all in the Bible. I said, what you need to do right now, I said, is practice gratitude. So everything you look at, you say thank you for it. You say thank you for lampposts. You say thank you for windows. You say thank you for bread and butter. You say thank you for a knife. You say thank you for this ring thing that's on my books, my papers don't follow. You say thank you for that switch. You say thank you for COVID. You know, you say thank you for everything because the only way to combat anxiety is to replace it with thanksgiving. So when you are in the pit of your despair, cast your eyes upwards, say thank you for everything in your life and you make anxiety the right size because God is overall. Yeah. And it is frightening when you're in the middle of it, but you can get over it because God is always there with you. He is your pillar of cloud before you in the day and the pillar of fire at night leading you onwards. So don't be frightened. Do not despair. He is with you. He's like, whoa, 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 okay, great, great. So I'm like texting, mindfulness, do it, do it, do it. He has to say, what else can I do? What else can I do? I said, now, second phase of mindfulness, go and do something for somebody else. When you are anxious and scared and don't know what to do and fear paralyzes, doesn't it? You know when we know when people are anxious they can't join their thoughts up? People who are anxious can't decide between tea and coffee. You know what? That, that is the truth. I sit with people and you go, what, what are you going to do with this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it paralyzes you. Friend, that is not God. God would have you free. So you say, no, you do something for somebody else. Because when you are giving, you are open. A spirit of generosity and of thanksgiving, which is from God, which is what we call, in old-fashioned terms, kindness. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. That, that gift that you give out of your nothing means God moves in and anxiety gets obliterated. You want to feel better about yourself? Do something for somebody else. It's, do you know what? I love it when science catches up with the Bible. Yeah. This is all good stuff. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, <coughs> whatever things are holy, whatever things are praiseworthy. Focus on that. Yeah. So that's the Bible tells us. So we are in a place where no matter how low down we get, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. But we act like he has. Why? Because we're frightened. And fear is powerful. Your thoughts are powerful. I mean, there's no bigger bully you'll ever meet than the one inside your own head. For real. But you know what? God is love. And that's why he says you take every thought captive for Christ. I said to Joe, you look at the NCP. Where are you now? Is it stand in your window and look at it? And you focus on all the times nothing has happened, not on the one time something did happen. Yes? Because we get trapped in that place, that's going to happen again. Uh, do you know what? I'm not that relationship will break up again. What's the point? Even we see this all the time with foster children, where placements break down because they break it down, 
because you're just an Andalatid waiting to let them down. So why would they trust you? But what we say is you stand in a place that goes, I will stand with my feet on this rock and my eyes cast heavenward, safe and secure in the knowledge that Jesus Christ died for me and God loves me and I am saved. And it changes the way you live. Friends, fear will hold you back. It will wrap you up in chains. You are bigger than fear because the saviour God who loves you is bigger than fear. Are you with me? So God is speaking. God is speaking and God answers. You don't know the way to go. You don't know how to proceed. Ask him. You can speak to him and he will answer you. And he will answer you with specifics. Amen? He will say, do not fear. Right? Is it we, we, we shilly shally this. I do it. How do I not fear? Oh, what does not fear mean? Oh, I wonder how I shouldn't fear. I'll stand here and not think about fear. Try not thinking about fear. You'll end up with your knees quaking in front of people because it's all you can think of. No, you focus your mind higher on the most high God who sent his son to die for you and every good thing you like. I thank you, Lord, for scars. Lord, I thank you for mittens. Lord, I thank you for muffins. Lord, I think, you know, start thanking God for everything in your life and watch your life change. Lord God, I thank you for running to petrol because what are you teaching me right here now? Give thanks in all situations. And you know what? Psalm 27. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So take heart. Yes? So take heart. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, do you love it? So we've got a bit middle three now. I know. I know. You haven't even mentioned the fish. Just in passing. Just in passing. Now, chapter three. Middle three. All miracles. Okay, so this is verse 10. Now listen to this. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he referred, he, he relented and did not bring them the destruction he had threatened. You see, what has happened here now is that Jonah gets a second chance. Amen and hallelujah for God. Amen and hallelujah for second chances. Right? Because the God we serve is not a God of revenge. He is a God of correction. Yes? So when he brings you up short, because we haven't maybe listened as well as we have should have, okay, do you know what he says there? It's okay. Come on, let's go again. Come on, let's go again. I give you a second chance. He's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance. He is the God of chances into infinity. Do you know what he won't put up with? His willful sinning and mocking his name. No, no, no. He's not about that. But for the repentant heart that says, oh, I messed up, Lord, what can I do now? Come on, come with me. That's what he says. He lifts your chin up and says, you come with me. You come with me. He did. Why was King David a man after his own heart? Because King David was a repentant man who loved God, who could say after... Killing another woman's wife. Husband. A gay wife's right, husband. Thanks, mother. Do you know what? Hey, thank you a lot for mothers. Just totally casting my mind up right now. Thank you for correction, Lord Jesus. There we go. But he could say, against you and you only have I sinned. That's a place where you need to be put right with God. The songs we've all sung this morning, that's all about having more of you in my life. Where you don't minimise and excuse your own sin. You own it completely and say against you, Lord, and you only have I sinned. Now restore to me the joy of my salvation. So that I may praise you in the great assembly. It's not about putting yourself right so that it sits right with you. It's about putting yourself right so that God will be honoured. Do you see? Do you see the difference? 
The difference is that we want to be polarised and vindicated very often because of what it looks like to other people and how much easier it makes them looking at me in the mirror. But actually, God says, no, I will put you right so you praise my holy name. I will put you right so that others will learn from you. I will put you right so you can teach others. I will put you right that I get all the glory, not you. So that's why David could say, look, it's against you and you only God have I sinned. In spite of the devastation he'd caused, it was all against God. And you know what? God did forgive him and God did give him a second chance. And as we know, who came from the line of David? Jesus himself. You know the postscript on your life? Don't write your life off and what you're capable of and the potential you have in Christ Jesus. Don't write all of that off because of one mistake or living in the consequences of that mistake. It doesn't matter you lived in the consequences of that mistake for 10, 15, 20 years. Committed to God, own it, in obedience, move forward and God says, now here's your second chance. Come with me. Let's enjoy this together. So he gets this second chance. He is actually my favourite verse in the whole Bible and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Best verse ever. Vomiting fish. Love it. So, Jonah, I mean, right, we don't, as an aside, don't think as Christians we're promised any special treatment. You get vomited up onto beaches. Yeah? You know, like, and Lord Jonah riding in a golden carriage and it was all really, really lovely. No, he was spilled up onto a beach and then he had to go and preach. And I said, right, okay, wash that off. Now go and do what I asked you to do in the first place. Yeah? And Jonah does it. He does do it. He goes to the city and the city repents. The city, the whole city, hundreds and thousands of souls, they repent because of the word of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And because Jonah preached the word and they repented, God says, there we are, I want to destroy it now. Do you see? So Jonah didn't think they deserved that, so he ran away. But they did, because God said, that's my choice, not yours. Choice. I will save who I will save. Today is the day of salvation, right? Who do we decide gets salvation? That's not our call. Jesus Christ died for all. That's not my right to say and withhold. We are never more unchristlike friends when we withhold love from people. Okay? Because when we withhold love from people, what we actually do is we dehumanize them. We say, you are not created as superior as me. You are far too whatever. And actually, I have decided Jesus didn't die for you. So I'm going to leave that there. We are never further from Christ than when we withhold love from people. And I mean that in all guises. You know, nowadays we live in a world where our lives are lived predominantly through other media platforms. The call on us is to preach Christ to all of those platforms. In flesh as well, you know, we live in a virtual world. So we utilize all of that for the glory of God. So when we dehumanize, we are so far from God. But God is a God of compassion. Don't you love that? I love that he's a God of compassion. You know, not even Jonah's fury and disgruntlement at the Ninevites could stop God's compassion for people. Not even me in my deceit and my anger can stop God's compassion. God's compassion is infinite. The very reason I have breath in my lungs right now is because of God's compassion and mercy upon me. He is a merciful and kind God, friends. 
and sometimes our miracles don't look like miracles, and sometimes our lives don't look like victory. But I will speak to my future from the place of victory that Christ has bought for me, and I will say Jesus is Lord. And I know that a compassionate God who sees my failures, who sees my mistakes, doesn't hate me for it, doesn't seek revenge or vengeance upon me for it, but rather seeks to gently and with compassion correct me and say, now come and have your second chance. Amen? Amen. Let's go quickly to the fourth miracle, for there is a fourth miracle. This is in verse 11 of chapter 4. Oh gosh, tiny writing. Okay? And should I, I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, this is God speaking, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell right from their left, and also many animals. That's the very last verse of Jonah. What a bonkers verse. That doesn't tie anything up, does it? But I'll tell you what happened. The city of Nineveh was saved, and Jonah had a massive sulk. He had a right booty. He was absolutely bonkers. But you know what the miracle of God is? Your fourth miracle is that God is concerned. God is concerned about you. God is concerned about you. So what happens is when Jonah goes off and he's tapping, right? So he takes himself outside the city and he sits down and he's furious with God. And he actually says, do on and kill me. Kill me. Because I can't believe you've shown me this. 120,000 salvations. And he was furious. Right? Furious. And he sits there. And overnight in the sun, waiting to die. And God grows a vine. And the vine covers his head and keeps him in shade. But in the night, God sends a word and the vine withers. So the next day, the sun is shining on Jonah's head and his fury reaches volcanic levels at this point. And he says to God, you know what, just kill me then. And this is what God says, do you know what, you're more concerned that you're getting sunburned on the top of your head than the fact that 120,000 souls could have died and gone to hell. God will not put your concerns before the concerns of everybody else. The miracle of God is that he's concerned for all of us. There is no hierarchy. Jesus Christ died for all. So if we ever occupy a place where we think God is more concerned with our concerns than anybody else is, he is a wake-up call right here. No, you could have said, well done, Jonah. Well done on going back and doing it. Aren't you marvellous? No, I know you're given to a bit of grumpiness, but come on, let's go. But he says, don't you ever for one second think I favour you more highly than people who don't know my name. Right? And there is no moral high ground for us to occupy as Christians. There is nothing, nothing that separates us from every other human being in this world. Only that we have said thank you and recognised who Jesus Christ is. That's the only difference between us and other people. So our miracle is, is that God is concerned, not just for us, but for everyone else. And once we recognise the miracle God has bestowed upon us is concerned for others, <coughs> then we are walking in Christ's shoes. <coughs> Do you see? Do you see the gift that Jonah is? You know, miracles are in our life. Do you know what my prayer is this week, right? My prayer is that we get it and that we recognise those four miracles are a minute-by-minute minute thing that God is speaking, that he answers, that he is compassionate and that he is concerned. And when we see people the way God sees us and occupies our territory in our hearts, then it changes the way we love people. And we begin to see them as God sees us. We know, we've just been singing about how loved we are, right? I fully occupy that, fully, 
fully embrace and hold on to that. I am loved. Thank you for that this morning, Matty, to recognise the love that God has for me. But you know what? He loves everyone that way. And my call is to recognise that he loves everyone that way, not just me. And that changes the way I see people and the way I serve people and the way I love people. You know, friends, this is an encouraging word. It's about a wide open space. We limit God and we limit ourselves because we don't recognise that he's at work in our lives. Do you get it? He's at work even now. He's at work every second of every day. So let's give him all the glory. Yes. Not in a trite way. I know I give you all the glory. Let's give him all the glory yeah. that he cares, that he's compassionate, <coughs> that he deigns to speak to us. And when we speak back, he listens. He answers. That is the God we serve. That is the God we serve. Church, Lord God, I pray now that the church, everybody here would experience their miracles right now and today, Lord God. That they would have a that we would have a greater awareness of you at work in our lives, Lord. Show us what to do. Show us what to do. Tell us where to go. Tell us how to be, Lord. Make us attentive and obedient and above all, you know, available to act upon your word, Lord God. For you alone are holy. You alone are holy. Thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59